Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre, and I am incredibly excited that the first guest on season four of the podcast is the incredible soul that is Rebecca Campbell, a lady who probably needs no introduction, but has written copious books, uh, Oracle decks, has got a thriving online community, and of course, her own podcast. Welcome, Rebecca. Thanks for joining us. Oh, so good to be here, Hannah. Hi, everyone. It's really, really exciting to have you. This is a big moment for me. I'm trying to behave normally. But <laughs> when I when I was developing and your cards first came out, because they have such a different vibration and look and everything about them they were um such a wonderful gift to me for my unfoldment in fact I have one of your cards just pinned up there permanently the bud uh just looking at me um and that's been up there for about two years just to remind me it's supposed to be all unfolding (laughs) yeah let it happen um so I always like to start with how you started because it seems like the natural place so how did you get involved in all of this well, I think since a young, I was young, I was always kind of 
uh, I want to say like connected to spirit. I think we're all connected to spirit, but like had a longing toward it. Um, and yeah, that was not something that was kind of, that was part of my surroundings or how I was raised. So I think often when you have those little signs, like, yeah, I mean, I wish I knew, I wish someone told me when I was younger to like pay more attention to those things that make you different. I know when you're younger, you tend to try and like fit in. Um, but actually those things that make us different, um, and unique, um, tend to be um, it's my belief that it, it kind of shows like the soul gifts and and potentially like the life path so um yeah I'd always been that way inclined um I had some a couple of experiences in my teen years um you know I've, I've not studied mediumship um mm-hmm. but I've had experiences and that that was the beginning for me um, oh wow yeah I, I connected with a couple of spirits of children who had passed away um and yeah it's interesting I was just um in New York with um John Holland who are, you probably know who's a yes. medium and yeah I've got a lot of medium friends um in my life and I was saying to him you know I've been noticing lately that that is where my path started but it's interesting that I've not it's not been like the active path yet. And so, yeah, there's something that I'm very curious about. Um, I think I'm sure like you, I, um, it's the, the path I'm walking now. I mean, maybe my soul chose it, but it hasn't felt like it's been something that um, I've kind of chosen on a conscious level. Um, I've said yes to it as things come up, but yeah, it's, I, I'm just very surprised. <laughs> that, like, Lovely. Because yeah. you came from a corporate background, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I I, um, I ended up going, I knew I wanted to have, I was very clear that I wanted to inspire people with my creations. That was very clear. I had visions when I was younger about like writing books and, you know, I discovered Hay House and all of that. But I was just like, how can I possibly do that? Like I barely lived a life and all of that. So the mystical arts and intuition and all of that really became a passion and something that I was studying in, but I never saw it as a career. Um, yeah. But I continued on and um, I ended up having a career, I went to university, had a career in advertising as a copywriter and then a creative director, um, really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, in the corporate world, lots of things I didn't like about it. But it, it wasn't until my late 20s that I just realized, like, well, first of all, I was like, well, I'm pretty much more qualified now in my passion than even my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I also knew that that it just wasn't part of my path anymore. And, and that was really difficult for me because I think when I when I was younger, I knew very clearly that my career was like a big part of my purpose. Like I knew my career was... Like there was something I came here to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I I worked really, really hard at it. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh, I used to pray and uh, walk in nature before going into work, like praying for creative ideas that were going to like raise the vibration of the planet, as I would have said back then, um, to, to come in fully formed. And I do that before... Um, before going to work because I just could not work in the office like I'd always have to yeah be in nature which is where I do a lot of my writing now not all of it but a lot of it and so yeah I um like 
coming to terms with the fact that this life that I'd consciously created and all the effort I'd put into it was like not, you know, it doesn't mean it was a waste. I learned so much, which I use now. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that it was like not where I was being called was such a difficult thing for me to accept and, and loosen my grip around. Yeah. That's so interesting because I used to have a cooking business, so nothing to do with mediumship at all. Very physical. And again, there was the creative stuff of designing everything and everything like that. But when you get there's a kind of a weird grieving process, isn't there? Even though you you know it's the right path, you still have to let go of everything you've built in that direction. So true. Yeah. And I I think it's really hard to like I think looking back, of course, you realize nothing's ever wasted Mm -hmm. and that. I do believe that when you do, when it when it is a call from within and you do gather the courage and, and you act consistently, it's not like just like getting guidance and do, dipping your toe in, you, you've got to go for it. But in my experience, when you do do that, it's like it speeds up way faster than if you had have stayed in the previous. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I wish I knew that. I would have done that earlier if I had a known that. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, but then look at all the, like I said, I've yeah. got your um, your card up on the wall, all of that, that you, everything you teach people comes from that process that you've been through, oh my God, helping so others true. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you so, too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all bad because we're all yeah. learning from it. So that's great. Yeah. So was there a moment when you, fully committed and went no I'm choosing a new path or did it sort of come in creeping bit by bit that's such a good question um I mean it creeped for a very long time but there was definitely um there's definitely a couple of moments where I I think it was almost like you know committing 30 percent and committing 60 percent and then committing 100 percent and um yeah there were when my friend Blair passed away I I didn't know he'd passed away I knew he was sick he was in a coma and I got on the plane and he died I could I felt his passing I knew he had passed like he he I felt his body on me while I was on the plane I I knew he'd passed like the exact moment and him and I had always said um we went to university together actually he was an actor. Um, both both of us were really creative, and we had had this plan to. Um, he was like my spiritual friend, kind yeah. of a bit undercover, but he was my spiritual friend. And um, yeah, we said that we'd like make it in our careers, and then we'd write a book together. And there was something about him leaving that made me commit fully. And interestingly, I ended up um, when I was back, I ended up staying back in Australia because I was based in London um, when I heard the news and um, we organized his funeral and I spoke at his funeral. I, I read some of his writing and um, we, myself and some of um, our friends um, went and saw a medium and um, he came through and in the, um, and oh my gosh, it was like such his personality. Like he was just, it was very like, um, how do you describe it? He just thought he was fabulous and everyone was fabulous. And he, she brought him in so accurately and in it, she was like, it, she went for me and, um, 
yeah, and one of the things she said is like, um, he said, you need to write the book, like you need to write the book. So that was definitely a moment. And then straight after, actually, it was so funny. He um, His personality came through and it was as if he was like comparing himself to the other spirits. And he was like, <laughs> beat that. <laughs> as in like he performed so well. It was so good. Yeah. So th- that was definitely a moment. Um, and then there were two others. One was um, there was a, a big, I was listening to, um, he, he's now a friend of mine, Gurunam Singh. He, um, he, he was chanting and there was this song, I think it was called the grace of God. Um, oh no, unto thee was like, give up all your hopes and your dreams, your plans and your schemes. So basically like stop trying so hard and surrender to the God, goddess, whatever you believe. Mm -hmm. And it was just the right moment. And I did. And I think soon after it was like the relationship ended, you know, a whole lot of things. And that was actually before Claire died. And then the final piece was really me committing to the work, like in a, like, like a really practical way. And that, um, that consisted essentially of me, um, seems so basic, but it was the thing that changed everything showing up to a daily spiritual practice and then acting on the guidance that came in, in a very small baby step, which is like the core of what I teach now. Um, yeah. and so every day listening to intuition, every day acting on it in a tiny way. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that final piece, I think is the thing that, that really changed everything. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you have done hella amounts of training I mean you have your list of qualifications and things that you have done is you really have committed to learning as much as you possibly can and when I was listening to your podcast you were talking about Kirtan training is that how you pronounce it yeah 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 can you just tell me what that is what that looks like what it's so it's essentially chanting um and um I trained with Nikki Slade who is a a wonderful um leader she used to be um a, a singer prior to doing the more spiritual side of things um so I trained you may have seen the instrument the harmonium I trained in that as well um yeah, and so for me, I never thought I'd train in it, but chanting when I first discovered it, um, particularly in Sanskrit, which is an ancient um, language connected to like Hinduism. You know, Hinduism is really the name that we give those traditions. But right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a very ancient, ancient language, and and. Um, yeah, it, when I first started chanting and hearing um, chants, uh, my heart just cracked open and it's like I just couldn't stop crying in the most beautiful sense. And, you know, some of it was grief, but it was more than that. It was, um, it like touched something in my heart that felt like home. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And so I, I just began doing it for myself as part of a devotional practice. It was the, 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 the quickest way I could get to what I call like the nectar. And, um, and then, yeah, I would say to my, what was my friend, but, um, Nikki, I said, can you teach me? Can you teach me? I've, I bought myself this instrument, teach me. And she, she's been an amazing teacher because she was so slow and steady. She's like, I'm working on a training, but it's not ready yet. And years and years and years passed. And then eventually she had the training and um, 
I was ready for it. And so I did it, but it was very, very life-changing. And yeah, now um, in a lot of my group work, I use chanting um, as a tool um, to really connect into the the heart space. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I love it. I love that. That's amazing. When you are receiving all of your inspiration for all of the things that you do, where do you personally feel that is coming from? Is it from you? Is it the spirit world? Is it universe? Is it source? What do you feel like you're connecting into? I mean, I've got a couple answers to that. The first one is for me, the sacred God, goddess, whatever we want to call it. For me right now, it feels like it's, I call it like the intelligent pulse of life, which I think everyone is connected to, every living thing is connected to. Um, And so, yeah, while in the past I have been like, you know, I was raised to, you know, look at God and then goddess and then, you know, all of that, I, I, I think it's all kind of connected to all the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but specifically with creations, um, yeah, I would say that I, for every single thing that I create, I tend to have like a guide that I'm working with or a group of guides. Um, yeah. And so, for example, my first book, was the Council of Light. The second book was the Magdalens um, and so on. Um, Rose Oracle was, well, the Rose Oracle is a different one because it's it's the individual rose, like the spirits of nature, as well as the symbol of the the rose, which is a symbol of the goddess, the great mother through the ages that has, you know, gone underground or whatever. So, yeah, I definitely do connect in with guides but yeah, but I've kind of got a a bit of a funny relationship with like seeing guides as separate as well, because like in my personal life, I don't go spirit guides, please lead me. Like I mean, I do sometimes, but generally I'm just connecting in with that intelligent pulse. But when I create, I definitely am connecting in with a particular frequency of it. So Gets a little bit of both. How about you? No, I, I, well, because I, for a long time, I believed as spirit guides as individuals, which is, mm. but now I think it was actually just the aspect of me that is in spirit. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So it's that kind of that communicating with, and I needed it to be because I was so disempowered when I found spirit. I needed it right. to be, feel like it was separate. I needed to. Yeah. It's really interesting because, yeah, like I was talking to my friend Kyle the other day. His thing is angels. And he had said to me, he's like, oh my gosh, the angels are appearing as, as light beings to me now, rather than however they did before. I'm not yeah. going to speak for him. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that's why I've never publicly spoken about angels because the way I see what I think are angels has been like light beings. Um, and so I'm like, well, they mustn't be angels. And so I think that having it's kind of like with oracle cards or any kind of spiritual tools some people can use them for like full-on prophecy and kind of like put the power into the object or into the guide or into the whatever yeah and I think that for me my 
my path has always been going direct. Um, and then that's kind of made me doubt it sometimes because I was thinking like, I'm not having these like huge experiences of like this external. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, when I do write, it come, it comes in. I, I can't deny that part of it, but the clairvoyancy of like seeing, um, yeah, but I, I, I'm getting it now. And so it's like, oh my gosh, it's a confidence thing. You know, like I, actually what I was getting was like so accurate but I was doubting it because I thought it had to look a certain way, which I think is super common. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem, actually, for yeah. most people is they, they cut themselves off from spirit because they're yeah. expecting an effigy. And when you say yeah. it's a vibration, it, it's not tangible enough for our humanness. So, isn't true. so yeah, I, I love that. That's fascinating to me. <laughs> now, as a little aside, who mm. decided to make your Oracle cards packs open differently? <laughs> the triangle box yeah you know it was actually my husband um yeah he, he he actually works in in my business and he was like we really need to do a really unique box and I'm like great idea and so we were thinking or maybe I said a unique box or something but anyway it was his idea to how the triangle box would work isn't yeah. it amazing I <laughs> love it it is so unique and <laughs> outstanding and, and just fancy <laughs> when you go oh when you open it I love it I do really love it uh, so obviously you're you're a mother you talk about being a mother your children are gorgeous and cute and on your Instagram and we can see them all there they're lovely how do you balance the demands of motherhood with the prolific nature of the way that you can tap into that creativeness do you feel constantly pulled in two directions do you are you very good at managing it how does that look for you Mm, yeah it's so hard right um I don't know I mean I'm definitely in the trenches right now in the sense of like my kids are really young yeah so um and my eldest is almost four and like that's getting so much easier um but I've got like a my daughter's less than one um and so yeah it definitely is getting easier and easier like for example I I had an event in New York just last week and um my event before that my daughter had come with me so did my husband even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And and his mom, like, yeah. Um, and that was really hard because babies and 
Yeah. So yeah, we made this like, it, uh, I went through like a six month process working out how we were going to do that. Um, Cause I'd booked it way before her having her. And um, in the end, I, if, when I took the mum guilt out yeah. um, and when I properly, my husband and I connected cause he's very hands-on and, and um, we don't have family nearby here cause we live far away. Um, but we've got, people who can help us and support mm-hmm. us um and um yeah when I took that out of the equation it was just clear that I should just go but you know of course then I I didn't want to be away from her for very long so I did New York like back and forward in like 48 hours basically wow mental and ridiculous and I won't do that again <laughs> yeah, I'm just figuring it out you know um yeah. I think as a sensitive um or both my husband and I are introverted for sure um our human design is um what do you call it i'm having a mental blank right now um projector which is basically you need time on your own yeah so i've i've i struggle with that quite a lot having young kids um because yeah it's it's just like needing to be um, in my own energetic space to refuel it's just not possible it's not yeah yeah. And I think with, with the work stuff, like I've been, I, I find it a lot harder writing books postpartum, but Oracle decks are a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I think with the book you have, like, it's such a big container that for me, the way I write as well, it's like living, breathing, sleeping with it and all of that. And it's just not possible with, with young kids. Um, I don't know when that changes. You'll be able to tell me, I'm sure. But I think it's yeah. that psychic scanning that you have of, you know. That hasn't stopped yet. around 11 or something or 7 or. <laughs> I'm still. Um, yeah. So I've just come back from Texas, funnily enough. I went oh, for okay. five. I did five days and just went out there to work. Yeah. I could leave them. And yeah. it was hard leaving them. I felt bad leaving them. My husband's yeah. more than capable, but that is the mum guilt, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, it was so nice when I was there to be just totally focused on my work and me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have to think about dinner. If yeah. I wasn't hungry, I didn't, you know, I didn't need to eat. I didn't have to worry yeah. all the time about pe- other people's needs. And that is really, I think it is really, really hard when you're a mum. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm still connected. I'm still trying to tune into them, even when I'm miles away, because yeah. you do, don't you? I d- Maybe that will never end. I'll be constantly psychically <clears throat> stalking them. They'll move out and be going, God, mum, get off me. <laughs> but yeah, it is It is a really hard balance. And because it's obvious in everything that you do, how passionate about it you are, it must be hard to be in that ebb and flow. I found it very hard when my yeah, kids were. Yeah, and, but then I think with the uh, on the other side of it, it's like, and and I think everyone's got their own unique calling with it all. Like I've got so many friends who it's just like they're 100% mother. Um, I mean, they don't run their own businesses, so they can like, you know, with whatever maternity leave they can have, they they can have it. Um, I didn't get any maternity leave. <laughs> um, I tried to give myself it, but yeah, it's different setup when you've got your own business, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, but, Especially when it's a passion as well, because it's yeah, also it. calling to you. I know. It's such a it's such an interesting space. And I have a lot of people, the reason I asked you that is because I have a lot of students and people that come to me mm-hmm. and say, you know, how do you fit it in? Mm-hmm. And I always say, don't expect spirit to clear the slate because they can't. 
so you've got to be selfish sometimes yeah, and that is hard and yeah. yeah you don't have to get it all achieved in a short window yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. so change of subject here um why do you think we come here what is it you think why do you think we incarnate just a small question here for you Rebecca why do you feel like we incarnate on earth what do you well, think yeah I mean I've got I don't know the answer um but I've got some thoughts on it um so I remember one of my teachers explaining that earth is a school of manifestation and when I say that I don't mean like just like law of attraction kind of more stuff kind of I'm talking more like creating um which I guess is law of attraction too but it's about like you know I think we particularly as humans um on this planet compared to other most other living beings like we have a voice and we can create um things like whether they're books or homes or whatever it is so I think that there is something in that um in the experiences that I've had like I had one regression I did where I went I, I spoke about in my first book light is a new black um where I went to the moment before my birth and chose family of origin based on like my soul's lessons and all of that but then I was then taken elsewhere and I was one of many 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 um where I did connect with the council of light to receive a a collective mission I guess you'd call it and so I think that that is the thing that I felt since I was young of like I've come here for a reason there's something I'm here to do I want to do it now I'm not sure if everyone has that or just some people have that I, I don't know the answer to that but I know that I do and I've met lots of other people who also have it so yeah. mm, and you know I think I think with that, there is something about incarnating at this time, um, which I know there's been lots of prophecy and and a lot of stuff written about that. Um, Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure what we're doing, but I think that there's something that's happening. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel, to be honest. There's, I mean, I can only tell you about my path, but I can also say that Although I can't leave it alone, there's the compulsion in it. Whenever I'm talking to spirit and saying, do you want me to do this? Because it's not the easiest of paths we're on, is it? Oh, my God, totally. Especially <laughs> the work you do. like. And they're like, well, do it if you want. Don't if you don't. And I'm yeah. always like, oh, because <laughs> you want them to say, you are divinely required to yeah, step yeah, into yeah. your light. And they're like, well, you learn it or you don't learn it. You do it or you don't do it. And I'm like. <laughs> yeah, you did one too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that um when I saw John Holland, he did a mediumship um demonstration just this past weekend where we were. And I loved how he said he would say, and it was almost like he was teaching the audience as well as like saying it for himself, where he was like, I am in charge of, I guess, the spirits, they're not in charge of me. Yeah. And I was like, Yes, that's such a good, that's such a good teaching. Because, yeah. yeah, you could easily get into kind of like martyr, victim, you know, like as in like, oh, it's so hard, you know, they're they're everywhere and all yeah. of that. And I think it's so important to just be like so um, uh, like in your power with it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is, I mean, as you know, it is unes- inescapable. There is the un- the unfolding, the mm-hmm. it 
we have a choice in it, of course, and what we do with it and how it unfolds. But equally, it's calling all the time, isn't it? Right. And me doing that hand movement just makes me think of the Rose Oracle and all your work <laughs> with the Rose. So what drew you to the Rose? Um, well, the beauty. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I started, um, I asked myself what lit me up um, back in 2010, 2011. And what the answer I got was flowers. Hadn't really thought about flowers before, but started to follow that and really connected with the Rose and the Peony. And then I discovered Queen Mary's Rose Garden in Regent's Park, um, which is where I would walk every day and meditate. And it was there. I mean, I don't know if you've been there, but there's no. like, oh, you got to go. Um, it's in the middle of Regent's Park. It's a circular rose garden. There's like 30,000 roses in there. It's amazing. And so that's where I would go and I'd write for 10 minutes a day. I'd just connect in with whatever that intelligent pulse is um, and I'd walk with nature and you know I was clearly connecting with the spirits of nature didn't know what the spirits of nature were no. <laughs> um, but yeah and who knows maybe it was just the voice of my soul like doesn't really matter no. um, but I started to receive writing which I started writing and um, it reminded me of like some experiences I had when I was younger it was almost like hearing poetry um, and yeah, that's when I began writing. I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. Now you have got your, your amazing podcast and I love that because it's a real mix of inspiration and taking space and listening to the intelligent pulse and taking a bit of a break for that. But also you're very candid in sharing your experiences and how you see things you aren't shying away from it and giving us mm. some sort of sanitized mm. version of you tell us about your podcast how it started yeah for sure so it's called returning with Rebecca Campbell and it's like you know on Spotify and iTunes and all of that you know I I had received the call to do it for a little while um but you know as you know it's 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 not that easy to do a podcast. It is, but it's also, it's not yeah. straightforward. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I had no idea about when we began it. But the real reason I wanted to do it is um, I think in our day and age, particularly with all this short form content that's, you know, amazing, but also just like just reducing our attention span and there's no space for nuance. and Oh, you know, just so much separation and division. Mm -hmm. and um, and I had been changing a lot. We always change a lot, right? But I'm not really someone who will just like pull on, pull out my camera and just be like, "This is what I'm going through right now." Um, I tend to go through it and then I'll write about it. And so I was looking for a way that I could, while I'm changing, which is all the time be authentic without having the pressure to just be kind of like on social media all the time if you mm -hmm. know what I mean absolutely so that that's where where it began really and um yeah kind of evolved from there yeah and you have some interesting topics I mean at the moment you've been again anger I think when we're on a spiritual journey there's a lot of sanitization of anger mm -hmm. and you shouldn't feel that and that's a bad subject mm -hmm. and it was really lovely to hear you talking about it as as a power really as something mm -hmm. to sit with and be present for and hold space for I was really I was like yeah yeah when I was listening <laughs> to it 
because we do we, we we apologize for it don't we and yeah and we we stifle it and then you know it like it's it's our helplessness our hopelessness and it turns into like sadness and if we don't express it yeah and you were talking about mystical experiences and I thought yours were rather unexpected sitting with people who have passed and feeling the absence of them and mm-hmm. classing that as a mystical experience I'm not trying to spoil your whole podcast I'm not mm-hmm. going to do every episode no, you don't can. people can listen but it was just a really powerful way of looking mm-hmm. at this because you, you think mystical experiences like we said are going to be tangible bigger mm-hmm. and it, it was really I loved it I loved it hearing mm-hmm. your friends ones as well, well so I you, think oh yeah the friendship ending one that yeah that's been really popular actually I think um yeah a lot of us have been through something like that where yeah a friendship a relationship ends and um it's not spoken about or it's like we're unable to process it whereas like you know if it was a romantic relationship it's there's a it's a lot easier to kind of yeah I know it's hard to heal from that I know it's one of the hardest things we can heal from but but there's so much unspoken around, around, yeah, friendships. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to somebody that is right at the beginning, right where you were at the start when you're hearing that call and you're not sure what it's for or what to do with it, how would you suggest that they start? Um, so if you've, if you've got a call to... I'm assuming you mean like a call of like doing similar type work. Yeah, of um, opening up to the energy yeah. and feeling that inspiration. And so I think the first thing is like stay in the passion of it. So like try not to figure out every step along the way and try not to try and like feel like you need to be an expert right at the beginning. Yeah. Just be in the wonder, be in the passion of it um, and act on that every single day. Don't don't feel like you need to like heal the world or help people even. Just share what's true for you mm-hmm. and your people will come to you. I know what it's like when you begin, particularly if you're like looking to your teachers or mentors or, you know, people that inspire you. And you're just like, like I remember I, I spoke about this at the event on the weekend and I remember being like before my first workshops, I used to write down everything I would say word for word, which I of course could not read out when I'm doing a workshop. Um, And now I do always do a plan, but it goes out the window the moment I kind of let spirit come in. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, just do whatever you need to do to feel grounded and take the little baby steps day after day after day, but don't overthink it. Don't feel like you have to be, further along than you actually are I love it thank you what is something that you wish that everybody knew about your work and the stuff that you do oh um I don't know I'm not sure about what I wish people would know but I think um beauty is really important to me and I think beauty is very different to perfection um so beauty is like embracing um and appreciating and seeking those like aura moments you know and I think it's why I love the rose so much you know the rose is um beautiful in the bud form like your card but it's also beautiful when it releases its petals to the to the earth 
Yeah. So, yeah. I, oh, I love that. That was, see, you can tell the poet in you because that was a beautiful <laughs> answer. Okay. And tell us about your mystery school because that's launching soon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got enrollment for our third class. So I've done it twice, twice before over the past couple of years. And yeah, you know, it's year three beginning. Um, it's really about um, well, it's unlocking your intuitive gifts for sure. Um, but yeah, like unlocking ancient wisdom as well, connecting to the um, intelligent pulse that's woven through all of life. Yeah, so it's, it's a nine month training. It's awesome. Oh, wow. Sounds mm-hmm. incredible. And what about you personally? What's next for you? What are you looking forward to? Oh, I'm going to Australia for six weeks over Christmas. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> to see family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I was going to ask you, how did you end? How did Somerset get hold of you? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I think it's the, the land here. I don't know. We just, we didn't plan to move here, but then I had two kids here. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> it is. It's got its own frequency, that area of the it UK. It really does. Certainly. I know, it's it's so bizarre because I also have like quite a few people I know who are like trying to move here and it's it's a funny place like it either just pulls you in or like it's hard to get in but yeah so I don't know it's a mystery we'll see I mean I do think that um you know obviously it's like home of the goddess or a town that where the goddess is deeply revered and yeah, I think that I've been doing a lot of like personal healing work since I've been here. I birthed my two babies here, like at my home in, in Glastonbury. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, so I wonder, I'm not sure that that's going to be like a chapter or longer. Um, but all I know is the next destination is unknown if there is one. <laughs> yeah, I love it. When I came to Glastonbury to Dem in May, yeah. um, I'd never been before. We're trying to pick places for me to dem that we can visit and uh Glastonbury obviously it's got that incredible high street with all the spiritual chop yeah, shops yeah. and star child and all of that stuff but it was just for me the the frequency of the place being a Capricorn and I'm very masculine in my energy and my approach with business and structure and yeah, getting yeah, stuff done that. you know and you rock up at the venue and they say how many people have you got coming and you say 150 and they go oh hope we've got enough chairs and you say I so just you said, had it, you were in town hall, were you? I was in the um, assembly rooms. Assembly rooms, got it. Oh and they were God. amazing. But they, and they, I went, well, you said you had 150 chairs. And they went, yeah, we've lost a few since then. It'll be fine. And oh I had to God. go, right, this is a different so energy. Yeah, this is a different place. You have to just be, ah, and let it happen. <laughs> and then they were like, we've got my friend coming, my friend's coming. And I was like, oh. Um, well, we've sold out and they were like, yeah, there'll be fresh space for my friends. And oh my God, like, stop it. it. And it's just, but I loved it. And it was really good for me to be in that frequency, but I couldn't live in it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, yeah, we, we don't go into town very often. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love it though. It's an amazing, I mean, the energy it took me a week or so to come back down to earth because it's really? so heightened. Yeah, I was like, oh. so loved it. Thank you so My much pleasure. for talking to so us. Nice to meet you. It's been lovely to meet you. Obviously, I will put a link to your website in the show notes so everybody can go check you out. But I think most people have got your books and heard of you and got your cards anyway. So it's been lovely oh, to yeah. talk to you. And pop it through the team and, and we'll share it as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much. See ya. Bye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.